Hello, Mississippi and abroad. This is Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal welcoming you to another edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relevant college football talk in Mississippi and the SEC. We welcome aboard a new partner with Hair Wealth Management. Contact Robin Hare and Tupelo at hairwealthmanagement.com, and he'll do a great job with all your financial needs. I'm joined by Christian Bird, who talks recruiting with us. He's on the road. Christian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Parrish. How are you holding up, buddy? Doing fine. Appreciate you coming on with us. Big week, uh, just exciting week to get some games going again and, and, and have something more to talk about that way. So, hey, man, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's talk some recruiting. I wanted to ask you first, before we get into uh, Ole Miss a little bit, um, talk to me about Walter Nolan and his recruiting, the big defensive tackle. You know, I've I've not seen Ole Miss in this a while. I've not seen State in it, uh, that sort of thing. I saw his five. I saw him take his five to three, <clears throat> which I believe are Tennessee, Georgia, and Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. I look at this, Christian, and I see a kid uh, very coveted as those athletic defensive linemen are. I see somebody really enjoying the recruiting process here and more power to you. But I'm wondering, uh, is he a guy you think that uh, gives everybody a surprise at the end? You know, I, I, I don't think it's going to be – full tilt shock and all, I think there are teams that could ease their way into that. I mean, I, listen, if you cut your list three prior to the season, it gets hard not to fall in love if there's a team that's hot that maybe you were somewhat interested in. I just think I think 18-year-old kids' minds change every hour. So I, I certainly wouldn't count out another team jumping in that Picture, but what I think's got to happen, Parrish, is, and let's just say hypothetically speaking, Ole Miss wants to be a major player for him. They got to go win some football games, and they've got to be the hot team early. And I think there's a great opportunity for them to do that. But I think it it, it kind of leads to a bigger topic, and that is, you want to know why Ole Miss isn't getting a commitment from everybody that wants to get on board right now? It's because I think they feel like the momentum from the season and the and, and what they have a chance to do from a national buzz perspective is going to open some doors for some people that may not be 100% there and wait to see them. So he's one of those guys. And I, I just feel like if – while I, my personal opinion is A&M's the team to beat, uh, Georgia, North Tennessee, which shot – um, I, I think that certainly Ole Miss could help itself if they come out, they're swarming around the football, they're making plays, and they're the talk, um, you know, of game day each Saturday if they're, if they're winning and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're scoring a lot of points. So just, I don't think, I don't think people outside of his top three are out of it, but I think in order to really become a player, uh, you're going to have to distinguish yourself early in the process because that early signing period isn't as far away as we think it is. No, no, it's come, coming on quick, man. When the games start, they just seem to fly off the calendar. If Ole Miss was going to get back in the discussion with Walter Nolan, 
does it need to be a defense, as you described, that is making big plays and that is exciting while they win games? Or can it be a defense that screams, we need you, we need your help uh, while they win games? I mean, I, I think winning games is going to be the, the common denominator here. Sure. I, I think it can be both. I mean, and here's why. Because, listen, I don't expect Tennessee to set the world on fire. Um, I do expect for Georgia to be a playoff team, and I do think A&M can make a lot of noise. But I think as long as he sees – I think if Old Miss is branding in these first four, five, six weeks is strong and they're winning games, um, and it's obvious that they've improved, specifically on defense, I, I think the conversation's there. Um, and, and, and so I think it could be a combination of both teams to your question. But I think the most important thing is that he sees Ole Miss every Saturday and they're a major talking point. And the way you've got to do that is to go win football games. And if Ole Miss plans to go win football games, they're going to have to have a defense that has improved from last year. Um, and that's kind of where I think it, it the two start to blend together. Well, you know, the, the season is upon us now, but that hasn't stopped Lane Kiffin from adding players to his roster who are eligible immediately. And uh, I'm looking here at uh, Tyrell Pagrom, a quarterback who uh, played at Western Kentucky last year, but also, uh, you know, has been in the Big Ten at Maryland and, uh, and also uh, an offensive lineman, uh, an interesting late uh, pickup with Jordan Rhodes from South Carolina, the Gamecocks, tra transferring in to uh, Ole Miss, a 6'4", 315 guard. Uh, let's, let's start with Pagrom here, Christian. Uh, what, what does this say about uh, the backup behind Matt Corral? Right now, that's Kincaid Dent. Uh, what does it say about that race behind Corral? It tells me a couple of things, and I, I don't think they feel like Den is ready. It's not necessarily a knock on Den. I also don't feel like they want to burn a red shirt on Luke Altmaier unless they have to. Um, and I could be reading that completely wrong, but everything points to um, having an experienced guy there to kind of keep his wits about him. Um, if something, knock on wood, happened to Matt Corral. I also think this guy's can be a gadget player in certain situations that's pretty difficult to plan for. So I don't necessarily know that he won't find his way on the field to do some things in different positions. I think he's an athlete, but I do think that overall they feel better about having somebody here um, as a quarterback. I mean, look, he doesn't know the offense any better than I do. right? Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be ready um, anytime soon, but I do think they could develop some package plays. And if something happens to Matt Corral, I'm telling you right now, we will throw the ball some, we're going to run it like crazy because I think we're going to be able to. And so this guy adds another dimension from that, uh, that element as well. Well, I'll tell you what, I do think the, uh, they're going to be able to is uh, something to take into consideration here. Yeah, I think the offense would change a little bit. I think Ole Miss is overlooked as a running team. People look at Jeff Levy and, and Lane Kiffin and think they're slinging it around every play because of the success of Elijah Moore last year and 
you know, uh, the touch on the deep ball from Corral and the things they were able to get done. But, man, they led the SEC in rushing. I think that uh, that gets lost. You know, we heard from uh, Jerrion Ely earlier this week, and I look at him, Christian, as a guy who on these preseason all-SEC teams and even last year, you know, turns up as the all-purpose guy, and that's fine because it does speak to his versatility. But uh, I'm telling you, I think he's overlooked as a – as a traditional line of scrimmage running back, I think he's going to have a big year. For all intents and purposes, from talking to people inside that building, there isn't anybody more locked in than he. I think Ely knows this is the year. I, th- I think the other thing that we forget is that Ely has never had an offseason to prepare fully. Uh, and I think this is the first time he's been able to go through a normal process. I will tell you this. I think Ely – is going to explode up draft boards um, this year. I think Ole Miss – I think there's a good chance Ole Miss leads the SEC in rushing again. Um, and we forget, Ole Miss moved the ball against Alabama like like they were an FCS team uh, on the ground. I mean, I mean it, it, it was startling how – easily they move the ball with just simple zone schemes and outside stretch plays. I mean, they move the ball at will, and Ely was a big part of that. So I have no reason to think that won't change because I think the offensive line probably improved. Um, you can make an argument one or the other. I, I think it did. I think it will. I think we're stronger on the interior than we've been in a long time. But the other piece of that is we're talking about Ely. I think this may be the best four running backs in my lifetime at Ole Miss. The running back room is unbelievable. Um, And if you talk to people inside that building, they're just trying to figure out how can we get them all touches so they don't leave. They're that good because they could go start at other places inside this league. I just can't believe that that someone doesn't leave. I I just don't know how you get that many touches – spread around and continue to be, you know, balanced and involve uh, your receivers and Matt Corral. I agree with you hundred percent, but I think Lane Kiffin wants that challenge. I think he says, I'm going to run 30 more plays a game. So I can get Scott touches. I mean, it's just, it's, it really is unbelievable, but nonetheless, the room is loaded. Um, and if Ely has a really good year, my guess is um, he's going to do himself enough favors to go to the draft. I, it, and it, it could shrink there along with maybe some folks leaving. But all that to be said, going back to what we talked about, he's locked in. And, and I think that Ole Miss is going to run the ball well. Um, and I think they will continue to run the ball. And it, it, it's a stat that sneaks up on you, but they were intentional about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why this offense is so deadly. All right, let's talk about Jordan Rhodes a little bit. Coming over from South Carolina, 6'4", 315. Where does he line up? Does he stay a tackle? Do they use him on the interior? I I think we're loaded on the interior right now. I think they desperately needed a swing tackle, and I think he fits the bill. Um, You know, he wasn't a guy – he did play some reserve minutes for South Carolina. I I think think Ole Miss has been spoiled by having – some elite offensive linemen that played early. Um, and I think that he's a guy that, you know, just redshirted, 
grew and he's at a place where he can play well now and, and, and can come in and make an instant impact, I think he'll start at that swing tackle. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he ended up working his way in uh, and playing a lot of right tackle um, permanently. But we'll see. But I've heard good things, and I think he adds much needed depth for a team that needed depth to tackle. Let's talk about some of these week one games on the field. I'm looking at uh, at Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech, Christian, and, and I think this is a it's a good start for State. I mean, I think Mike Leach has been sandbagging a little bit, poor mouthing. I mean, he hasn't gone on one of those epic rants in the preseason that that the national media love to uh, click on with YouTube and, and things like that. He doesn't seem to have fully bought into Will Rogers at quarterback right now. Yeah, I, I think I think he'll get there, and and maybe this is just about competition and, and wanting Rodgers to continue to uh, play and practice with an edge. But I, I look at this team right now with an offensive line that has not developed as much as they would like in a year, does not appear uh, from what we saw in scrimmages. Uh, and they're going against a Louisiana Tech team that, you know, has some really – has a nice history since 2013 with, and, and before that, but since 2013 with Skip Holtz. Uh, they've gone 34 and 14 in their league the last five years, but uh, there are a lot of questions on that team right now. Questions at quarterback, questions on defense, you know, questions about playmakers on the outside. I think this could be a, a good matchup for state to kind of uh, get some confidence, uh, do some things on offense, build a little momentum uh, going into week two against North Carolina state. Uh, well, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's going to be interesting because you'd love to go vanilla week one if you could because I think the NC State matchup is, is going to be pretty challenging. Um, but but I do think that State should win that game. Um, I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no reason why they shouldn't. However, La Tech is salty, and it would not be a team I'd want to play week one. Primarily just – I mean, I think they're fin- – projected to finish second in their conference. They got that 34-14 record, you know, in conference under Skip. I, they're tough, man. I mean, you know, and, and, and there's there's some parity there on those upper echelon teams that aren't necessarily BCS teams. So, at the end of the day, I don't think State has a lot to worry about, but I do think it would – they need they need to win a clean game and they need to win, um, you, you know – they need they needed to look good going into NC State. I mean, I I, I think they need that momentum. If La Tech wants to hang around, they got to get turnovers, and they can't turn the ball over. Old tail, old oldest tail in the book. So, as it, it, I I don't know that that's a really good matchup for them. Primarily for what you said, they're unsure at quarterback. I just think State will be be classic State. They're going to take advantage of of the uncertainty there, and and I think they'll it may be close at halftime, but I think they pull away and um, and get the momentum they want heading into NC State. be interesting to see what uh, State can accomplish on defense because uh, they, they did look good on that side. Uh, in camp, uh, they had a key injury there. With they did. Yell for Jordan Davis. You don't lose that yep. guy and not feel it. But sure. At secondary, man, if the safeties come around as they think they have, if they can find – competent guys uh, in those positions, they're pretty good at cornerback. 
with uh, Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. So uh, they really are. They are. And, and I think that, you know, look, the injury is going to hurt. But at the end of the day, you want to figure out what you have to do before you take on some of the juggernauts in the SEC. And, and, and I think I think LaTeX is just what the doctor ordered. So we'll see how they respond to that. Um, that defense is historically nasty and just good, and they grind it out, and they make plays. I have no reason to believe they won't do the same until they don't. Um, it's just it's just an old story in the state. That defense is always good. So the, the, the injury will certainly impact them. Let's see who steps up next. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I really kind of like their schedule for the first two games because it's not – uh, an FCS opponent in the opener where you come out and you you and you and did everything great, but you really didn't answer any questions right. uh, about yourself. Uh, it's a legitimate opponent, a group of five yep. team there with Louisiana Tech. If they were able to come out uh, and, and win that game and then win again against North Carolina State, which to me is that it's that middling ACC team, that middling power five team, that Mississippi State and Ole Miss forever have to beat, have to beat to continue to climb, have to beat, you know, to, to be relevant in the national conversation, you know, in a given season. Um, you know, and, and then they're at Memphis in week three. I just wonder if they if they can't get those first two games, obviously uh, Tech there in the opener and, and then uh, NC State at home, if maybe state doesn't begin to find itself and be that evolving team during the season and, you know, and, and look more like what uh, Mike Leach's teams have looked in year two under his. And there's always a settling in and you kind of mentioned it with Leach teams where they, they just, it's like a switch is flipped and they suddenly become, comfortable with his process, comfortable with him, comfortable with the offense. Sometimes that's because he's bringing in a certain type of player. He's doing, you know, people are getting, they're getting used to all the mannerisms and all the things that go in with being a Mike Leach coach team. But, you know, if, if you beat a, a, a bowl team in LaTeX, and I think LaTeX will be a bowl team, you beat an NC State, who I think will be a bowl team, um, you start off 2-0. and Um you're not nearly as nervous about Memphis, and this is oh man, I hope no Memphis fans are listening because I don't I don't mean to, to take this the wrong way. You know Memphis, you're Mississippi State. You're used to beating Memphis. Uh, you know I, I think I think they're more comfortable with that game than maybe the first two, um, and I think you could really see them get in a groove in terms of their confidence before SEC play. I mean, look, SEC play is going to be grueling. We know that it's going to, they, they've got a, a tough road ahead of them because there are some truly dynamic teams, but they can win those first three games. And I think it's really important to their season that they do. What do you think the Ole Miss defense does against Louisville? I look at this matchup with Malik Cunningham, Christian, and I see a guy who will obviously put pressure on them with his feet. Uh, he was not as accurate as Louisville would have hoped last year. And you're seeing a guy who's going to be a third-year starter, yet you're talking about him as he needs to continue to develop. And he needs to continue to develop without his top two receivers from a year ago. 
I, it's there's a lot of moving parts there with that Louisville offense. While I think Cunningham will pressure Ole Miss on the ground, I think this is the, this is one where this defense can come out. I think and play well if it is as improved as we think. Uh, can play well and can gain some confidence and can help Ole Miss win. Ole Miss can win that game with its defense, not in spite of it. I, I agree with you 100. percent I think I think what's about to happen two things. I think the first thing that's going to happen is Louisville is going to make Ole Miss tackle them. They're going to depend more on making Ole Miss make fundamental plays based off the tape of last year. Make sure linebackers are in the right spot. Make sure they make tackles. They're going to put a lot of pressure with Cunningham's legs. They're going to do all of that first before they depend on him making 40-yard passes that are accurate. The second thing I think is going to happen, though, and I think that Ole Miss will be improved there, but I think the second thing that's going to happen is I think Ole Miss's offense is going to try to make Louisville one-dimensional. I mean, if Ole Miss gets up two or three scores, Ole Miss can kind of sit back and say, fine, you want three or four yards a run? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll bend. We might not break. Um, and they're going to force Louisville to throw the ball. And that's when it could get ugly for Louisville. Because I think if you make anybody one-dimensional, these teams are just too good. There's too many good athletes. You can peel back and rush the passer and create complete and utter havoc. I think that's what you're going to see. So I, I say that to tell you, I think Ole Miss is going to have to make fundamental standard plays they struggled to make last year. I think Louisville will keep it simple early to see if Ole Miss can do that. What you hope is in the meantime, well, that Ole Miss can, and in the meantime, their offense scores two, three touchdowns and makes Louisville one-dimensional, and then it, then it could get ugly. Um, I'll just be the first to tell you. <laughs> we'll see if it does. It could if, if that scenario happens. And that's the dream scenario for the Ole Miss defense because it says we've improved since last year. We can make the plays that we struggled to make last year, and our offense is going to give us help by making teams one-dimensional. Christian, I think Ole Miss is unranked by the Associated Press right now. I know they're number 25 in the uh, coaches' poll. They're outside of that AP top 25 because of the defense, but I think also because of two games from Matt Corral last year. Do you think uh, we see a Corral Monday night uh, who protects the ball better, who picks up where he left off last year in most games, uh, continues to make plays, and we see uh, – see the ball spread around to a receiver group that does not include Elijah Moore. Does this offense move uh, as in sync as uh, a lot of people think it will? I think it will. I also think Matt's a gunslinger at heart and will probably throw one or two interceptions. Uh, I think there's a good chance he could. And I don't mean that negative. I just think that's who he is, right? I mean, that was who Brett Barber was, right? You knew you were going to get probably a pick. Yeah. But I think he probably will throw three touchdowns as well. The difference is if we get up, I could easily see Ole Miss handing the ball off and just pounding Louisville if they're able to move the football um, and not showing any more than they have to. Because that's the other element to this, right? I mean, I mean, you, if there's an opportunity week one to be somewhat vanilla and you can take it up a couple of scores, I think you have to. Um, and, and so we'll see how Lane plays that. Is he going to pull out all kinds of stops, throw, you know, throw passes all over the field and, 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 and show you what JRP can be in the slot? Or, or is he going to get up a couple of touchdowns, a couple of big plays, and if Louisville can't stop the run, is he just going to 
just going to pound the run? There's just a lot of questions there. So a lot of what Matt does will be dictated, I think, on how well we can run the ball and how well the defense plays. Um, I just think there's a number of different scenarios that are in play and how Ole Miss ultimately comes out early will be how that's dictated. I think what I'm hearing here is we both are, are taking Mississippi State to win against uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, I, and I'll take Ole Miss. I gather that you are as well from what uh, you're saying. But what, what yes. has to happen? What's, what's the reverse here, Christian? I mean, what, uh, what has to happen for Louisville to win this game? Uh, turnovers. Um, I mean, I mean, listen, Louisville. Louisville needs Matt Corral to melt. Um, I like Arkansas, LSU. That's what they need. Um, if they don't, and they need, the, and they need the Ole Miss defense to look like it did last year. I, I think if they get those two things, yeah, they they win the game. But Parrish, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. I have no reason to think it's going to happen. I don't and think so, it's going to happen yeah. either. I look at this three and seven Louisville team from a year ago, Christian, and there were some games that could have turned the other way. I mean, they weren't uh, they, they weren't terrible, and that's a, that's a rebuilding project that's going on there. Uh, so we'll see. You know, last year for them was that second year under Scott Satterfield, where you know the lots of times the coach new coach comes in in that first year with energy and organization and new players and different spots, and, and you win a bowl game, which which they did the first season. Against uh, against state there, and I think Nashville, but uh, you know there were struggles for them last year. It'll be interesting to see. I, I just find it, I find it odd that Malik Cunningham. I, I know he's a dual threat guy and can put pressure on defenses, but just some of the things I've I've read on him. I mean, he's going to be his, in his third year, and you're still talking about how this guy needs to develop and get better. Yeah, it's not a good place to be, and 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 again. You've got a defense in Ole Miss that is looking to prove a point. They're they're under they have their first true offseason under defensive coordinator DJ Dirk. I, I expect I expect for them to just be everywhere. Um, we'll see if they are, but uh, I, I think they're out to prove a point, and we'll see. Uh, I, I just don't think it's a good. I think it's a just a terrible matchup for Louisville. I think that's the issue. Um, but we shall see. Folks, that'll take care of us for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you all the relevant college football talk in Mississippi and the SEC. Thanks to Christian Bird for being with us today. I'm Parrish Alford. We'll be back next week.